Leo. What's going on, bro? Where are you? We're trying to record episode 100. Where are you? <laughs> all right, all right. What had happened was... What had happened was this is episode 100. I know, I know, I know. And I, I was supposed to be home two days ago. But shit went left. My week was different than expected. I'm at the airport right now. I'll, I'll make it home in about two hours. Three hours tops. <laughs> Who did you fly with? I don't want to talk about it, sir. Who did you fly with? Spirit. You flew with Spirit and you... All right. So you chose to... All right. You know what? It wasn't a chose thing. It was really the only option in this scenario. Okay. They hold me. And Spirit don't got no friends, so they couldn't put me on no affiliate flights. Do you... I'm so sure I'm so committed to this goddamn show. Episode 100. Go ahead, man. Introduce the show. Do you, do you have anything to say about episode 100 to our, our listeners? Um, episode 100 is, uh, I'm powerful for it. I didn't think we'd get hit. Uh, it's a lot of commitment amongst us. Uh, for, you know, myself, you, Adam, Trey, uh, a lot of dedication. I'm, I'm a lot of support. I'm more impressed at, at, at the people, at the fact that we touch people. I'm more, I'm more amazed at the fact that we, we have an influence. We impact, we impact people's day in a positive way. And I hope that continues. So, Episode 100, uh, here's Starlin and Mo. Alright, wait. <laughs> Is that the airport talking? My nigga, that's the airport talking. She's sleeping. Alright. Alright, you have a safe flight. Good luck, my G. Alright. You're now listening to The Chef, The Angry, The Adam. The Chef, The Angry, and The Adam. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, what yeah. up? It's Leo. <laughs> it's me, Leo. I got a high top fade. I do CrossFit. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> Where are you, Leo? Uh, right now I'm uh I'm out of town. <laughs> Why? <are> you... <laughs> I uh decided to fly Spirit Airlines, and uh I'm stuck at my destination. What are you? Sorry, guys. Adam, you still there? Hey, what's up, y'all? How y'all feeling today? <laughs> you sound like fast <laughs> I did not fly Spirit Airlines, so I am here. Ah, uh, okay. Until episode 100. <laughs> episode 100, we here. How you feel? I've never done nothing this consistent for this long. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, one. Okay. Uh, but I feel good. I feel good, man. I... You know, I I don't know. Episode that's yo. We've been doing this for a minute. Yeah, two years. Time kind of flew. Yeah, we've been we've been doing this. Two years. We made hundred episodes. Minute, I'm, I'm excited. I've told y'all this. My my biggest takeaway from this is just getting closer with y'all and and learning more about y'all and y'all life and and all that. Man, that's to me. That's the that's been the best part of this whole this whole journey and everything is just getting closer with my homies, man. Yeah, man. Don't don't make me cry on the show, man. Don't be no bitch. God damn. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you remember when it was four of us? Ah, the good old days. Until somebody decided to abandon us. Featuring Trey. Hey, don't disrespect me like that. <gasps> <laughs> hey, that was the worst fake surprise sound ever. It's like, oh. 
disrespect me like that. Niggas gotta niggas gotta hold down my name. Welcome, Trey. Hello. What's good, man? What's good? Well, how, What's good? I'm how here. How have you been? I, I literally talk to y'all niggas every day. <laughs> How's life? I don't do this, bro. Don't do this. The people oh, ask no, about you man. all the time. The people don't ask about me. They ask about me. They just don't at you. They they be in my DMs. How's Trey? You know, they, doing, have, they always do that. You know that? Yeah. Let me mind my business. But Today's <laughs> not the day for that. Oh, would they DM me about Trey? Or they DM you about Trey? <laughs> This is this is a celebration. Yeah, yeah, because it's not. It's usually not about how you doing. It's <laughs> niggas trying to sully my good name. Who's your friend? Yeah, who's your friend? That's yeah, that's crazy. I got no friends. Bitch. Have you ever got the screenshot of the group pic and they just circle Trey? <laughs> no, don't do that, bro. <laughs> who's the chocolate one? Don't do that. Don't do that. Man, they just be circle. I'll be like, damn, I'm in the picture too, bitch. Chop liver. I'm, next time that happens, Chef, I'm reply. Damn, you don't want to highlight my boy, Chef? Yeah. That's that's exactly what you do. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't want my dog, Chef, man? That's crazy. What's up, uh, I've been good, man. I've been good, man. Just, uh, I've been running nonstop for about so about three or four months, bro. It's, it's a good good problem to have with, between uh, Palooza and this player development stuff and my day job. It's, it's been nonstop. But it's been a it's been a good experience. Uh, learning a lot, meeting a lot of new people, networking, and mm. traveling a lot. So it's been good. It was a for the month of June. I think I was home like for eight days. All right. Sheesh. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's been a it's been a, a grind for sure. But it, it'll pay off. So you've been living in hotels. Yeah. And yeah. Not, I got a. You're not an escort. So I, no, I'm not an escort. Okay. I'm not an escort. Um, you could probably make a killing. Uh, I'll never know. <laughs> Just um, an idea. <laughs> nah, yeah, I believe you. So the for like for example, I think at the beginning, like at the at the end of March or something like that, I had I didn't have I had like used up all my Marriott points. Uh-huh. And. I just checked the other day because I uh, I had to book a room for New Orleans for Palooza this weekend, and um, because we're going a day early, and I got like ten nights or some shit like that that yeah. I've earned since since March. So yeah, I've been yeah. in hotels a lot. Mm. Hey, well, you know, we miss you, but we're happy everything's going well for you, man. It's good to hear. I appreciate I'm it. I appreciate like this. Go ahead. Shut up, sir. You, you got to make shit weird. My skin going. My skin was going beforehand. Nah, uh, matter exactly. of fact, uh, well, let me talk to the people at IL and Co. Where uh, <laughs> I need this real. <laughs> I need this real because I'm out of the the monsters lullaby soap. The monsters lullaby soap. Hold on, time out. The monsters lullaby soap. The best shit cooking. I ain't gonna hold you. I keep that shit yeah. with me everywhere I go. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I need to real too. Yeah. I'm gonna stand yeah. for the monsters lullaby soap, man. They don't know about that though. They sleep. They skin ain't right. Right. Use code CAAP ten percent off. You hate to see it though. You hate to see people out here with bad skin. Yeah. Niggas just be ugly. I get a haircut. And I just go outside. You don't get a haircut. First of all, let's let's start there. <laughs> all right. You I need to a... have your barber shave your back, bro. We talked about this already. I'm not getting no. You getting your you get your head waxed. Uh, he used this thing. It's like a shaver. He buffs. You get a buff. Yeah, he does the little thing with the towel. 
like the like the like the floor buffer, like the one with the handlebars. On. Yes, that's no light piece of machinery. I have you know. <laughs> it, it, it got one of them industrial ass cords on it that, that looked like a fucking rope. Mm-hmm. I had be shined up, you know. Now I don't, I don't I don't really be wearing hats like that no more and shit. Proud of your boy. Yeah. Jeff, what you been up to, man? You look skinny, bro. What's hey, good? Hey, man. Hey, man. You already know. All right, calm down. <laughs> you you already know, Monty boy Steve in the house. Uh, you, you already know what the fuck. Nah, I actually um, uh, I've cut out the processed carbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I got. I'm the, glad you corrected that. <laughs> I cut out the processed carbs and starches and stuff like that. I'm down about uh, fifteen since June first. Okay, boy. Down 15, and I haven't been this small since about, I haven't been this small since we started the podcast. And there I'm going go. smaller because we, we got um, we got an outing. So you going to be out with your, with, your, with your shirt off with a hairy back? No, 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 no. That, that is getting, that is getting nared the hell off, okay? Nair, nigga, nairing his back. Yeah. It's like Trey, um, said, Trey said he'll wax the, your back for you, bro. It's I like I did not say that, fam. It's like a lotion applicator, you know, like no, on the back on like a stick. Hey, listen, you, you got a long ass back too. Pause. But yeah, so you put it on there, just nair it on, it come right off. And where, where are you disposing the hair at? That's my question. <laughs> you got to flush right it. down the right down the drain. You, you got to flush that clogged for months. No, nah, it's not a lot of hair. It's not as much as you think. I'm, I'm look, bro. I'm good on the the, uh, the details on the amount of hair you got on your back. What's, how was your week, Adam? Uh, my week, man. I, I, I can't even tell you. How was my week? My week was smooth, man. I, I didn't really do much of anything. Uh, you know, I, I worked all. Uh, I worked pretty much all week, but uh, I got the next few days off, so I'm finna I'm finna get in the mix a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, trying to find a move for Fourth of July. I'm cooking. Uh, I don't ever get invited to your cookouts, so this mm. is the, this is the, the what fifth year running. I haven't got an invite. Now you mm. always invited. Nah, mm. News to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a, it's not really a cookout, but my mom was like, hey. I'm buying food, so you got a grill. And I was like, um, I don't want to. But she and then she said I didn't really ask. So I was like, you cooking right. outside? Yeah. yeah. Sound like a cookout to me. She didn't send that. Uh, she didn't send a question mark with that. Nah, nah. She she was just like, I didn't ask. So I was like, cool. <laughs> so I'm going sure. over there about nine o'clock, firing that grill up, put the um, glizzies on first. Uh, let's stop. Pause the show, bro. I'm not eating no glizzies. All right, before we get into like topics and shit, what, what do y'all have against hot dogs? They're gross. All right, so there's a vast difference between a hot dog and a sausage. Pause, pause. Um, What's but the I'm not eating. I'm not eating. Spices? I don't, bro. Nobody can. Nobody can really tell you what is in a hot dog. It's 100. Like, you don't beef. know, bro. You don't know what piece of the cow is in a hot dog. It says 100 beef. It's bro. Do you know what beef is? Beef is the entire animal, bro. It's the entire cow, yes. So you don't, like I said, you don't know what piece of the cow is in a hot dog. I'm not eating a hot dog, bro. 
How you know what you eating in the sausage? I go with God. <laughs> I rock with that logic because hot dogs are fucking disgusting. Especially from the gas station. If you've eaten a gas station hot dog and you're over the age of 13, they ought to tar and feather you. Let me tell you. You're a nasty individual. I eat, I eat um, gas station hot dogs as my cheat meal. Nah, bro. It's nah. better cheat. You right, that's, like, that's like cheating on your wife. But quick joint. trip hot dogs are delicious. Like, there's that, a difference. You're not going to get his justice, bro. Dog, it's a, but quick trip sells sausage, too. So then get the sausage. Mm. You might be onto something. I, fuck you. <laughs> That's all I have to say. But the, um, what I was gonna say is the um, quick trip. Quick trip is like the down south version of Wawa or Sheets, right? Because you have Sheets and Wawa, I would, right? I wouldn't get a hot dog from Wawa. You get fucking whole sandwiches from Wawa. Correct. A sandwich is different than a hot dog. Although a hot dog is a sandwich, I'm getting like like chicken strip sandwiches, meatball sandwiches, etc. Uh, You're getting glizzies. You're getting meatballs from a gas station. But so I can't get a hot dog from a well, gas well, here's station. The thing. Here's the thing. Wawa is not always a gas station. They have just stores. We have that too. Quick Trip has just a store. But you're getting hot dogs. Yeah, unless I get a pizza. But I ain't eating bread. I'm not eating out of no gas station, bro. They have you a whole Seven Eleven too. Nah, you get the have, wings have at Seven Eleven. We don't have a Seven Eleven down here. Y'all niggas are disgusting. Atlanta's a terrible place. But uh, the racetracks are Epinadas. As uh, what, and, um, that? what is it? Tamales. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna talk. hold you though. Back back home, like some of the some of the most fire restaurants. Uh, like where you can get fried fish and shit from are attached to gas stations. They're not like part of the gas station, so it's not like a, it's not like a, uh, like Wawa is like an all-encompassing store and yeah. gas station. It's, it's like, like a separate entity. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a restaurant that's a, like on the same building as the store part of the gas station. I'm going to tell you some of the best meals that, that I've found. There's a chicken spot attached to a gas station. It's called Crispy Crunchy Chicken. <laughs> Bro, is that's, it, is it, that's some of the best chicken you're going to have in your life. And the biscuits are to die for. They got a little honey on them. Them shits are to die for. They got a little what? A little honey on them. <laughs> what is that? It's a little... It's the... Um, I feel like in like Louisiana in general, like you can go to the gas station and get a po' boy and it might be better than what you got in the restaurant. I ain't never had a po' boy. Well, it depends. It depends on so, not like your not like your your chain gas stations like your Chevrons and shit like that. But when you go to uh, like when you get in like like the more rural spots, a lot of them gas stations be like family owned. So that the restaurant that you see probably wasn't like that that part of the building wasn't originally there, and they just added that. Right. And they got like somebody aunt or somebody somebody grandma. Cooking out of it, and they just—that makes sense. Yeah, they—they they eating off that. I'm gonna tell you what, like I said, it's it's fire food. Man. One of the best meals I had recently. So I'm, I'm walking out of the strip club, and it's a nigga with a with a skillet set up outside the strip club, making cheese steaks. 
My nigga, I had one of the best cheesesteaks in my life that night. <laughs> nigga, I don't know. Open air strip club cheesesteak. <laughs> I don't know. Dog, the strippers is finishing their shift, getting walked to their cars, etc. I'm sitting on Buddy to finish making my cheesesteak and my, and, and my uh, chip. Well, he's not making my chips, but you know what I'm saying. Adam on the sidewalk, like, don't mind me. It's, it's something about, like, food after the club. Like, for some reason, that Waffle House, when you leave the club, tastes better than Waffle House for breakfast. Oh, a Waffle House is disgusting anytime, but I, I 100% agree with that logic. The, the post-drinking meal? Yeah. You could you could eat a, a New Balance. That shit would be delicious. Nah, come on, nah, nah. too a little too far. You eat, yeah. you eat Wawa marinara. Um, so you could eat anything after the club, and that should be fire. I'm getting to a point where I can't eat late at night, bro. Like I can't eat at like like at midnight and later. My stomach being a fucking in a full Nelson in the morning. Mm. I haven't been eat, I haven't been able to eat after nine a lot. I'm gonna tell y'all that Domino's pizza that we had was some of the best shit ever. We we had no business eating that pizza. Nah, nah. After That's the delivery man time. climbed five flights of steps, we had to with eat a, that shit. with a bike helmet on. Bro. <laughs> he got like an eighty dollar gratuity. I gave him forty cash. Yeah, I gave him twenty, and somebody else gave him twenty. That's a hell of a night for him. And that that wasn't even including the cost of the pies. Nah. That nigga probably quit after that. I think we the, probably paid his rent. The best pizza we done had is uh, on New Year's Eve. That Louis, whatever. I don't remember that. Was I there for that? Yeah, it was me, you, and um, Leah. Oh God, never mind. <laughs> Bro, I, I don't. I, the only meal I remember having with you on New Year's Eve is McDonald's. Vesterville. Oh my God, what? <laughs> <laughs> that niggas eating gas station. Adam, this past, uh-huh. this past New Year's. The past New Year's? This past New Year's. When y'all was in Miami? Yes. Oh, fuck yes! That pizza was bomb as fuck! <laughs> Yo, I think I ordered for that pizza spot like three times that we weekend. We ordered the first time. That shit was so good. Then the second time was, all right, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that shit. I was thinking of the McDonald's New Year's. Nah, well, we was, had, uh, what? We had a New Year's party. And the rule was that we would supply the drinks and the other party would supply the food. And the other party pulled up with no food. So it's it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, like before the bell rings or the, the ball drops, whatever the fuck that's that bell ring. And niggas is scrambling, like, where are we going to go to eat? Niggas walked into McDonald's and ordered like $70 worth of food and brought back mad McChickens and cheeseburgers to the party. That was a fun yeah. time. Yeah, that. That's when they ran out the... Um, they ran out of paper and wrote our receipt on a napkin. Yep. A napkin and cardboard. It was writing receipts. I remember that. Invest- <sighs> yeah, look, y'all ready to get us some topics? We 20 minutes. Let's get us some topics, man. That was a sad night. Yeah. Vestaville. Are we are we aware of what Vestaville is? Vestiville. No. So Vestaville is like Firefest in Europe. And the same oh. thing kind of happened. Oh, no. Nah. They didn't actually have a festival? Yeah. And people showed up. They showed up, and it was just a big-ass stage. And the only one that showed up was... um, only artist that showed up was Jacquees. Was who? Jacquees, the king of R&B. Well, of course he gonna show up. He ain't got no other bookings to attend to. I ain't that never point. seen a poster for a Jacquees show. 
ever. My, I just don't know why do people still go to like sleeping festivals. They just love live music, bro. I'm. I think I'm too old for festivals now, but I do. I be liking Rolling Loud and that Vegas one, but nah. I'd rather just watch it on YouTube. Comfort of your own home. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. I got Leo's dog. (laughs) You got Leo's dog? Yeah. Because Leo decided to fly spirit after we slammed him to about flying Frontier and he's stuck. Trey, did you you know my uh, Frontier story? Yeah. You was there. Yeah, I know your front your frontier story. I was in a I told you I talk to you niggas every day. I want y'all to stop acting just acting like just because I ain't been on the show. Ain't nobody heard from me. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, niggas in a space on the show where we damn bro, we ain't seen this nigga in about about three months. What fuck you been at? Bro, niggas 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 treat me like I've been on a, a, a mission or something. <laughs> I think he was going to find himself. Yeah. But, I talk to y'all literally every single day. All right, Trey. Cool. Just yeah, don't so fight. I, I know your frontier I know your frontier story. Do you want to know this do you want to know the sick part of all this? Is what? that I um I have a hundred dollar frontier voucher. That's gonna go to waste. Mm-hmm. Ask him if you can exchange it for like a twenty dollar GameStop gift card or some shit. Chef getting back on the frontier for like watch. Oh, I know he is. He ain't gonna tell us. <laughs> he about Imagine me. you pick a chef up from the airport and he lying about what gate he at because he don't want you to know he flew Frontier. <laughs> oh, you okay, what, what, what terminal are you at? I'm at Terminal L. We ain't got no Terminal L. I'm it's where the Frontier... <laughs> it's the gas station that the Frontier planes land in. <laughs> I'm about to walk over to A. Nigga, why are you walking? Just, well, I'm already just out, with... I'm outside baggage claim, fam. Don't, don't, don't worry about nothing else. But uh, that's 100% happening. I'm just not going to tell y'all. Oh, I know, bro. And you better not. Because that, I got a um, $100 voucher, and it's a flight I'm looking at, and it costs $100. It costs 103 I'm just have to chance you, that. Where are you going to get them last three from? <laughs> My pocket, what you mean? Uh-oh, big money. They're going to do something strange for that last $3. Let me hold some. Honestly, Frontier probably like Sprint. They'll just let you rock if you uh, you got a hundred. Yeah, you got a hundred bet. Call it even. Yeah, I remember. Um, so when my when I got my brother his first phone as a young boy, I put him on Sprint because Sprint had the unlimited plan for the low. And I'll never forget. I went to pay his bill, and I got a message that was like, "Hey, this is how much debt you can accumulate with us until we shut your shit off. Like this is how behind you can be." Before we shut your shit off, and the shit was like ten times the amount of the monthly bill. Them niggas, Sprint don't give a fuck. They don't care. They Sprint don't sound like a hood nigga though. Sprint, it, it's one hundred percent that. Like when you um sell a hood nigga some shoes. <laughs> I got this eighty. Yeah, man, gonna take eight dollars off that, bro. Duh, right. I sold a hood nigga my MacBook. I was like, yo, three fifty. I only brought three thirty with me. But nigga, we've been talking for about two weeks about this purchase. I know you got three fifty on you, bro. Hey, Charlie, I hate hood niggas, man. Watch him out. Fuck you, Trey. You only a hood nigga when you drunk. Go back to my roots. <laughs> um, what was you talking? Oh, so like 
two months ago, um, my identity got stolen, right? Again? So somebody, no, nah, that's the same. This is like the same time period I was telling you about. Wow. Um, so somebody opened, somebody opened a six thousand dollar K Jewelers account in my name, um, and I found out like a month later, I started getting, I started getting mail from Sprint about about like the 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 like the benefits of my account and shit like that. I'm like, oh no, nah, this can't be good. And first bill came in fifteen hundred. What? Nigga, what the fuck did they buy? Niggas that niggas that put the whole got the whole block of phone. Every nigga from First Street to 33rd got iPhones on your name. Bro, everybody. 16 Trey Wilson's. That shit was sick. Shit, some nigga named Terry got us all these phones. So um I like I call I called them and was like, yo, this account is in mind. They're like, okay, we're gonna take care of it. We get too fast by they ain't do shit, right? Collections people start calling me. They're calling. So I would pick up the phone and like if it's an unknown number, I'll pick it up and won't say anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking up and just holding the phone. And one day I'm like, fuck it, I'll say something. And they're like, man, you know, may I speak to may I speak to Trey? I'm like, this is him. This is so and so collections company calling in regards to your sprint account. <laughs> You yeah. currently have a balance of eighteen hundred dollars. Like, bro, it was fifteen two weeks ago. What happened? Damn, it was fifteen. Nigga got two pairs of AirPods. Bro, niggas that niggas that bought got insurance for the whole hood on my phone. <laughs> I mean, on my shit. And I probably got that. I just got that shit taken care of, like maybe two three weeks ago. That shit's crazy. How often that happens to you? Yeah, bro. What did it? What did I might, it do to your Steal your shit. Uh, drop my shit. Drop my shit. Like twenty, like twenty points, and then by the time, but between that and the other stuff that had happened, like so when people open credit cards, you know, name that's hard inquiry. So all of that shit docks your docks from your credit score. Between that and all them credit cards, my shit got dropped like twenty, like close to close to thirty points. And then when I cleaned it, when I cleaned it all up, um, I, I cleaned that. I like I got all that shit taken care of, and then I had already paid. I had also paid off. Um, one of my own credit cards, so my shit jumped up like thirty something points. Big money in the building. Watch out, y'all. I'm trying to get eight hundred by the end of the year. Like mm. I'm at a point now where like I can't like you get to a certain point where you really can't like you can't take your shit up unless you take on some crazy expense. So like even even my mom's lease on on the, the Grand Cherokee that I got it is not that's like a lease. It's not considered. Like if if I was to buy that car, it's not you know, like debt that you're paying it, off. It 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 kind of is. It kind of is debt, but it's it's not like um, it's considered like an installment, like an installment loan is what it is. Um, so it's like, like okay, I get what you're saying. So if you purchase if you purchase a car, the bank or whoever your finance source is essentially buys that car, so you're indebted to the bank, and that's more pay, that's paying off the debt. Um, so the only way to really like drive your shit up is like. Take on a large expense, a large amount of debt, basically buy a car or a house. But um, I'm not doing either one of those. Two things, real quick, and and, uh, kind of that lane. So, one, Experian actually has a feature that they recently dropped where you can add your utility bills to your credit report. It's only with that with that uh, credit bureau, um, but just something you could do that case. so like I added my cell phone bill to my credit report, and that actually raised my shit uh, a little bit. Not nothing crazy, but 
Fuck it, every point counts. Uh, and True. then two, Trey, let me know when you hit that 800 because that's when I'm going to steal your identity. And uh, we all getting Range Rovers. So Yes. Maybe I got you. I'm a Range Rover. So on my credit shit now, one, I locked it. And then two, I sent the beforehand, which I don't get why they don't do this to begin with. Like there's a setting where you can go through um, you can go through the credit bureaus and request like require require there to be an identity check. Like so they have to follow stuff. They gotta verify a name, verify an address, and then answer a security question. I'm like, why isn't that standard? Yeah. I deal with that a lot at work. Yeah, so. Niggas niggas be on niggas be on their shit, man. I think niggas tried to steal my credit and then seeing how bad it was and just left it alone. Yeah. Oh, no, give, give him his shit back. <laughs> that's like the that's like the shit. Uh, it was like a video or something online where a nigga was robbing somebody. I was like, damn, only got this on you. Shit, keep it, bro. You need it more than I do. Yeah, nigga, and then he gave him the shit he had just stole from somebody else. <laughs> Matter of fact, take this with you. Yeah, bro, my fault, cause I ain't that's even going like that. That's what I like. That's that's energy. What else we talking about, man? We got um, hmm, Carmelo. Did well, Carmelo well, cheat? Hello, what happened with what happened with Carmelo? Oh, the chick on the boat? Yeah. The shit on the boat. I thought Buddy I thought Buddy vouched for it and said that was his wife. No, nah, that was that nigga trolling. Oh, okay. Even still, bruh. They said it was a lot of people on that boat. They was just having fun. Dude said he was trolling. I believed it at first, but nah. Free mellow, man. Free mellow. Uh, so he wasn't he like he didn't get caught one on one with the chick. Nah. He ain't get caught doing have... nothing. They just seen there was a picture of them on the boat, and it was just them two. But it's a big boat. Like he wasn't on no jet ski. That was a fucking yacht. That's what I'm saying. So it's completely out of context, basically. So like it could be anybody. Like yo, George Bush could be on that boat, and no one would ever know. Like anybody could be there. I'm gonna be honest with you. A a boat with George Bush and Carmelo Anthony, I don't want no part of that. <laughs> I kind of want to see what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> That's how the race war starts. <laughs> I, I, I listen. You know what? I keep those thoughts to myself. Fam, they laying. They're not even doing anything. They just sitting in like beach chairs, laying there, so getting a tan. That's what I'm saying. They chilling. So I don't know if he cheated, but I don't know. Bro, in a court, of, in a court of public opinion, you yeah. are guilty until proven innocent, bro. And Melo make enough money to cheat, though. He got, he got, he got, cheat and get forgiven money. How much money you need to cheat? But he, he, he already got caught up once. Once you get two commas in your salary, you can kind of move a little bit different than than us one comma folks. I was about to say, I know, I know plenty of niggas with one comma that act crazy. I, I'm listen, but see that you could probably get away with it, but it just depends. Once you got two commas, it doesn't matter. You could be dating the Queen of England. She got to let you rock. I don't she know. has to. How many? How many? That's why I don't understand. Listen, yo, I was talking about this the other day. They treated my dog Tiger Woods like he killed somebody when he cheated. All he was doing was getting a little side cheat. They act like he, like he murdered somebody. He crashed a car, hit a couple joints he shouldn't have hit. We all been in those situations. Why they treat Tiger Woods like that? So listen, bro, Tiger Woods' situation was very specific because had Tiger Woods done all of that and still been the fucking man at golf, 
a lot of that shit would have got swept under the rug. It was the fact that he got caught cheating. The way he got caught cheating and the evidence that came out was crazy. Yeah. He he got in, he got drunk and crashed the car. Then he threw his back out and his golf career was trash for the next five years. That's <laughs> why that's why they crucified Tiger. The they treated Tiger Woods like he was Judas, bro. Dog, Tiger Woods just wanted a little outside trim. You can't you can't cheat and be hard. You gotta be good. Yeah. I guess that makes sense why Melo's going through that backlash because don't don't nobody even want him on the team. If Melo was still an all star, we wouldn't be talking about this. He ain't got nothing else to do. So if you if you make if you in the all star game, you free to cheat that year. Uh yeah. Niggas got a hall pass. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. But I just so if you may, if you got um, how much money do you have to have in, in the bank to cheat enough where you cool to lose half of it if y'all married. You asking like in this in this hypothetical situation? We talk I'm, about I'm asking about really regular think. regular niggas, regular people. How much, how much money niggas need in the bank? Yeah, cheat? Adam said you got to have two commas to cheat. To cheat. Get away with it. To cheat to and cheat. be like, yeah, I cheated. What's up? And she's like, all right, get, just don't do it again. Cheat, cheat, get caught, and be able to and, and stay with your chick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know niggas that do it with a couple hundred. <laughs> but where is, the, where is the dollar amount where it's like, yeah, no matter what, like, once you clear this dollar amount, you're forgiven. $200. Shit, I got that in my account right now. Go cheat, bro. I don't have anyone to cheat on. It's unfortunate. If you, if you gotta, if you gotta, if you're with somebody that you can cheat on and get away with it, niggas is gonna do it, bro. Like it, 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 it really don't. It really don't matter. Like I get the for for joke's sake. The two comments thing makes perfect sense. Like your chick gonna be a lot more patient with the bullshit if you if you got two comments, in my opinion. But I know niggas that do it living check to check. Oh, I know niggas that, that do it and ain't got no job. That's what I'm saying. They live in come up to come up. First and 15th. I love making you do some stupid shit. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, we, hey, niggas in the group chat the other day was posting all them sad ass songs, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, that shit started going up. I had been with my grandma my, and my, um, my mom and my grandfather. I was like, man. <laughs> Fuck I had to drop. I had to drop that whole playlist in there. No, bro, that was a rough night for the boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh Anthony man, Hamilton. Whole... Anthony Hamilton said the chick fucked him up so bad. The chick that left him, he couldn't eat, sleep, or bathe or shave. I don't. I don't want to be there. Imagine not being able to to bathe, bro. You can't wash your ass because you're so sad. Uh, nigga can't can't stop crying long enough to go get in the shower. That's a tough life. You can't sleep because you're crying. You can't eat because you're crying. That's a that's a rough life to live, bro. Don't sign me up for that. I don't. I'm I'm terrified of that kind of love. It's <laughs> like I'm I'm scared of the, I'm scared of the type of pussy that make you wear a skirt. Wait, what? Hold on. I think I think I missed a few. Bro, uh, I think Erica, I missed a few. Eric, bro, Erica Badu shit was so crazy. She had Andre three thousand wearing leather skirts. Andre 3000 was wearing like baseball jerseys and shit before Erica Badu. Met, then he, that's what I'm telling you, bro. Then he met Erica Badu and he started wearing skirts. Erica Badu, Erica Badu, ruined a few niggas. 
Jay Electronica don't even want to rap no more. Girl, she took it. She she stole his powers, bro. Yeah, I don't need the Erica Badu. Uh, yeah, that I mean in my life. Y'all ain't never had no. Yeah, keep it away. Y'all never had a woman like like made you change or some shit like that. Almost, Almost? yeah. Yeah. What happened? I, I, the shit was fine. Yes. I wanted more. <laughs> it was like, hey, this what it is. Not not to the not to like that that degree. To we use Andre three thousand as the example, not to that degree, but definitely, um, my ex definitely I changed a lot about me for the better. Um, yeah, it's not always bad. Yeah, I never, uh, I ain't, I never got got the that kind of. I don't know if it's like a if the dude is weak minded or, or what she got between her legs is that insane? But if if it's what I think it is, keep it away from me. I'll take the I'll take the average. If, if that if that. if that's what if that's what like if you look on a scale of one to ten if that's what a t- if that's what ten pussy is like I'm I'm good. Yeah. Stop me at eight. Give me a eight seven and a half. half. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> give me that. <laughs> give me give me give me something that's five. That I'm like, all right, you know, I, I'll stop here. Yeah. Hey, you know, this is good. Yeah, this is good. Right. I like I this. I'm, I'm good I mean, here. This, right this, this is all right right here. You're comfortable. Right. Tell me, mm-hmm. it, might, it might make you do, like, some small dumb shit. Yeah. Like, you might buy her some shit that you ain't got no business buying her. Something like, you know, might take her to a few more fancy dinners. It ain't going to make you dye your eyebrows blonde or some sick nah, shit nah, like nah. that. It ain't going to make you quit your job. Yeah, nah, keep that. I'm good. I'm good on. I'm good on all the, the sorcery pussy out there. Mm-hmm. I um, I've done some crazy things for women. You have. Uh, if I sit here and I, think I, about I, it, if I sit here and think about it, yeah, I remember one time I was going to uh, Houston to see a chick. You drove? Nah, I flew. Frontier? Nah, Delta. Oh, you really cared about her. I had. I didn't want to go. Make sure you get there. But I didn't want to go out there dressing how I dress, so I, I took I took my dumb ass to uh fucking Gap in Old Navy and bought some khakis and button ups. Out here, out in fucking Houston, looking like nobody. <laughs> Nigga, look Nigga went. Shorty, Shorty sent you to Old Navy. Nah, she ain't even sent me there. But I figured she did, and inadvertently she did. Yeah, mm-hmm. unknown, un, unbeknownst to her. Yeah, she I had did, you with old navy. I was, I knew oh, I was going right. out there for three or four days. And I went to old navy, bought like three pair of khakis and three, three of them weird looking pattern button ups. Why, why did you feel like that's what she would want? Like, what, what led you to that conclusion? I don't know, because I was probably all right. Probably, I was probably all right with what I had on or what I was wearing. I was out there acting out of character, and usually I end up always acting out of character. Because you want to make sure you 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 acting out of character, but you in that moment you like, man, this is what I need to do. Yeah, I be most of the time I overcompensate, and that's how I end up fucking up. I try to do too much. I it happens a lot actually. You be selling out. Not even selling out. It's like some people might like me for me, but then. Me knowing me, I might fuck it up. You so, know, Chef, I agree with you a hundred percent. So I end up, I end up like doing too much or doing the most, and I end up fucking it up. And it it's happens humble. a lot. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I agree with that a hundred percent. And like for me, like, I don't. 
call me what you want, but a, a flaw of mine is that I I really do give a fuck what people think about me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I just do. I, I always have. Like, and so like in it to your point, like I do the same shit sometimes. Like I try to. Sometimes I like subconsciously try to overcompensate because I feel like not I wouldn't say I don't I don't typically not be me but like I don't I don't I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like like I I, I don't know. I don't I don't know how to describe what I'm saying, but I I get you, where you're coming from. Overextending yourself like in in any situation, but like we're talking about relationships specifically, overextending yourself will set you up for failure cuz you like you yeah, when you go through that whole phase where you're trying to like impress impress somebody or whatever, the honeymoon phase basically, right. um, like you see people get caught in a spot where they're selling a dream or they, you know, people act. And I get it, like you, they they do the overly romantic thing, but the issue comes in where you start creating a pattern of behavior that, like your personality, your natural oh, personality, you can't, yeah, you can't sustain that. Yeah, and and then. It come like that's when you get hit with the oh you've changed mm-hmm. so on and so forth and it's not necessarily that you've changed it's just you didn't have the mental stamina to keep up this charade you was putting on yeah and that's why like to to y'all's point like I always live by or I've always had this not always but recently like when you got when I got into dating again like you you think about it from the standpoint of or I think about it from the standpoint of if she likes you, she likes you. All you really got to do is not fuck that up. It's just like, be, you don't, be you and, and... Right, right, right. You do yourself... You Yes, you may miss out on some opportunities with women because you may not be what they want, but it's a, it's a woman out there that's just going to fuck with you just because of who you are, like just because of the, your natural personality. And and that's where... And I think that's where you hit that point where you're like... Because, like... like Few things feel better than feeling comfortable around somebody. Okay. Like when you feel like you can one hundred percent be you in a situation, and you can just kind of let it let loose, put your guard down. Like few things feel better than that. And I think people get, and and, and myself included, like get caught up in. You may really want this person, or you whatever. Like for it doesn't even have to be a relationship. It could be a friendship. You may really desire that. And you put up this front of what you think they're gonna want, <coughs> when that's not really who you are. And then, let's say, let's say you put like to your point, you put that on for a little bit, and then it's like, okay, well, now you're starting to feel more comfortable with them, and they like, yo, this is not, this ain't it. How, and, 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 how do you get to that point in long distance relationships? What what point is that? Like uh, the point where you're comfortable? Yeah. It, it, it for something that's starting out as a long distance relationship. Yeah, exposure, bro. You gotta yeah, be around. You you gotta expose yourself to the person as much as you can. And I think you gotta start out like you can't get to me at least. You can't get right to just being like, I'm trying to date this person or like, let's get right into romantic shit. Like you really gotta get to know somebody on a fundamental level to get to that point. And that's with anything, long distance or not. I feel like like you really gotta. You got to kind of learn some of the whys behind people do shit that they do. Right. And and once you understand that, you understand you really understand the them for who they are and not whatever facade they might put up, you know what I'm saying? 
it's tough though because I feel like it's nowadays, yeah, I feel like it's tougher these days, and I I don't have any experience beyond the era that I'm living in, obviously. But just thinking about things like we're in an era where you almost have to have your guard up constantly because anytime you fuck up, you can end up on the internet. I was just about to say the social media area has changed a lot. Even if you look at long distance relationship in, in itself, that was like. It, I mean, it was, but to the not to the degree it is now, it was nothing close. Yeah. Um, just because of like social media makes so many more people accessible to you than was the case twenty years ago. Maybe even I'm. I would say social media era started t- around ten years ago, right? Yeah, um, I start. I first started venturing into social media, or like seriously venturing into it and really connecting with people outside of my circle. I would say for me, probably yeah, eight nine years ago around there. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just that's like when when social media started and so you like even if you think about like the people you interact with on a regular basis on social media, like probably a good percent of those people don't live anywhere near you. Yeah, and you really and you and these are people like. Whether whether it's from a personal level or not, like you fuck with whatever this personality that they're presenting is, yeah. and that's just that. That's why it's so easy for people to to find a connection between somebody that may be a three hour flight from them. And when you look at it from a romantic standpoint, that makes the situation even more complicated because now it's this person that you're romantically interested in that. You have to get to know from afar and back to like coming full circle with the conversation, like trying not to jump into that too fast, because naturally when you like somebody, you want to do, you know, quote unquote, the most. Right. Yep. yep. But with the long distance shit, with like not seeing somebody on a regular basis, you don't pick up on certain character traits or certain behaviors or certain habits that they would have if you were seeing this person every week, like going Seeing them maybe a couple times a week going on a date on a like on a regular every weekend. Yeah, you see most most of what you see is what they want you to see. And what exactly what they choose to show you. Yeah. Because like so even even if you like FaceTime on a chick, if you you know, like, oh FaceTime just FaceTime you can go home and put a face on and throw something cute on, just be like, Oh, I'm just chilling around the house. Like and now like when you think of her just chilling, that's what you think. That's your of. expectation now. And then, and and so when you when you get to know her, or like where when y'all stop doing the distance, and you come home after work one day, and she ain't got her face on, and she walking around in your shit, it's like, well, hold up, what what happened with the? <laughs> this not who I saw on Facetime. You, you and who that is? And, and right, even, who the fuck is this in my house? Who are you? Yeah, and 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 even further is like. Like I was saying, like everybody, you you almost forced to have your guard up because of how many people have access to you, right? Because you can't, you don't want to let everyone in, right? Nobody wants to do that. Nobody is letting every person they interact with into their life, right. and nobody's smart. Yeah, a, a, yeah, exactly. And and because of that, though, it's I think it's easier to make connections via social media, but it can be much more difficult to create truly genuine connections because of that right because 
it's hard to get past that. For a lot of people, it's hard to get past that guard unless you really put some time in. Like, I've known y'all for, I've known y'all for, what, four, five, six years, some shit like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and like I feel I feel comfortable around y'all, obviously, but, like, we've also linked up a bunch of times and kicked it and all that. Like, if I if I had only known y'all through talking to y'all on, on social media or whatever, then that would be that would be different. I would feel differently about being around y'all because y'all haven't seen that side of me. Right. And so there's, it's, it's the, uh, like the percentage of, of genuine connections versus overall connections, I guess is how I would put it. I feel like it's lower because more of what you're connecting with is all what people want you to see as opposed to, to who they are. And there's obviously things that intersect there, but nobody's going to point out all the, I don't want to say bad things, but all the things that aren't like great about them, you know what I mean? Like on, on social media or through FaceTime and all that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's little shit that you do that's gonna annoy people and and you don't learn those little quirks and shit until you actually you around act- them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that makes shit tough, man. It really makes shit tough. And can, and that's just not relationships, really like that's friendship like also. That. Yeah, you can like the idea of that person. Oh. You can like Ooh. what they've presented to you. Man. You're but you, but right you may now, not yeah. like who they actually are. You know what I'm saying? Pass, pass the offering plate around so I can throw a couple dollars in it. <laughs> yeah, Adam said a lot. Shit. Uh, yeah. I've learned. I've learned a lot uh, in the past year and a half, two years or so. <laughs> I keep it a buck with y'all. I've, I feel like I've grown up a lot in a lot of regards. Um, I don't know. I just i i was I was talking to somebody about this the other day. And uh, I, I feel like the last relationship I was in taught me a lot about myself and taught me a lot about how to move. Um, because, in, like, full transparency, that was the first serious relationship I had been in a few years. Uh, and so it was, like... Probably your first real one as, like, a like a adult I, adult. For sure. Because my last one was when I was 18, 19 years old. Like, that was just some bullshit shit. Like... Yeah. Like it was dope, and I, you know, I felt whatever, but that did that wasn't no real shit, um, and so I like I've I've reflected on that a ton, uh, and reflected on a lot of the experiences and the and the conversations I've had with y'all or other people about that, and I, I like I I was just talking to one of my one of my really close friends about this yesterday. Like I feel like in regards to to dating and relationships, I move a lot differently now than I did two years ago or even a year ago prior to that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I, I think it's better, but you know, obviously all that is subjective, but like you learn a lot about that. Like that, that shit teaches like the going through that kind of shit teaches you a lot about yourself, man. For sure. Life, 100%. life, life is a very twisted teacher. Yeah. Because life will give you the test first. I don't like that. And then teach you the lesson. Afterwards. <laughs> so you failed. So this, and that's this the, is and that's the right. That the only way I was literally having this conversation with somebody last night that it's certain like there are there was like a meme going around and it was funny but it's true and it was like oh you're so mature for your you know you're so mature I you know you know so much you you seem so wise and it's like oh thanks that's the trauma and like that's funny like it, reading it is funny on paper right but when yeah. you think about it like the the reality of that is. That is the trauma. 
it, it is the trauma. People think like just because you like you're able to to speak from a place of experience in so many regards and and give good advice or help guide people to to do better things or away from bad things that is just like you've always been this you've always been this person that's just always had their shit together and that's not the case it's, i don't think that's the case for may, maybe i was about to say maybe in some some outlier circumstance that is but in most cases it's like only reason i notice is because I've been through the fire. Like I know what the I know what the bullshit is. Like I know what's gonna come from it. I want you to what, what Hope say. Hope did that, so you ain't have to do that. Right. <laughs> I, so it's it's not it's not. I'm trying to give you advice because I think I know better than you. Or I'm trying to I'm trying to provide some insight because I'm smarter than you or some shit like that. It's just I am able to give this. I'm able to share this information and share this knowledge because, like Adam said, it, I've been life that. talk. Like yeah, life taught me this. Like I didn't, I didn't necessarily want to learn it that way, but that I got dealt. Those are the cards I got dealt, and now I'm in a position where, you know, it's a, it's considered a, and uh, y'all know I'm like I'm a, I'm a spiritual person, so it's considered a sin to, to have knowledge, to have a blessing, and to not share it. Yeah. So, I think like as people, people that go through shit, like it's your, it's not necessarily your responsibility, but. When you're in a place of like the truth, uh, knowledge is power. In a true place of power, like to to really test somebody's power is their ability to to bestow that power upon other people, to to lift other people up. And so, like, yes, it's the trauma. It's one hundred percent the trauma, but it's what you do with that trauma that really you know makes the man, and makes the woman. It's funny that you say that, Trey, because as you were saying that, I was thinking. Um, I know, I know, me and you had a talk. It was. I think some other people were talking there as well, uh, a while back. Where we were like, like it's a lot of cats that will feel much more safe in the hood than they would in places yeah, where like, community. yeah, in like a yeah, and and it's because of the trauma and you. But you're familiar with it. You know how to handle it. And I and as you were saying that, I was ref, I was just reflecting on, like for me, a lot of the places that I feel most comfortable in. Um, are places or uh, scenarios even where I've been through severe trauma and now I'm like, yeah, like I I got this. Like I know how to move in this in this space, in this scenario now because I've been there before. Um, and it's, it's just wild thinking about that. Like, like, you know, a lot of the places that I, and I would say that's probably true for a lot of people that a lot of places where you feel comfortable at are places where there is, you know, not so great things happening, you know, like whether, like I said, whether it be a physical place or a scenario or whatever the case is, that's just kind of, you're like, all right, I've been here. I know how to do, how to deal with this. And I, right. I think that's why I keep on, that's how I keep on ending up in long distance relationships because for some dumbass reason, I feel <laughs> yeah, like about that's, get, about to get in his bag real quick. I feel uh, like that's where I'm comfortable at. Like, I feel like I'm comfortable at maneuvering in long distance relationships. Like, I know how to live like it and. Yeah. And you don't been through some shit in them. Yeah, but I mean, my like my last, my last three or four relationships have been long distance relationships, so I feel like I feel like I aim for those. I'd be like, all right, cool. But chef, do you feel like after each one, you like, all right, I've learned this, and now I know, like, I know, I I know not to do this, or I know how to react in this situation. So now the next time I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be better. Yeah, I I can I my very like I didn't even know that shit was a thing until Twitter. Cool. Get on Twitter. 
end up in a long distance relationship with a girl up north, right? Nigga say end up, end up like he. <laughs> nigga said a girl up north, like like, said, from end, up, like the North Pole or something. Nigga said end up in it like he was like, oh, what's this? How did I get here? Fam. So we in a relationship and it fails, right? But I see how it failed is we talked all the time. We talked every day. It failed because we didn't see each other enough. So I like, boom. Now I know how to make it work. The next relationship, longest relationship, girl in D.C. We see each other every month. It works. Oh, you was driving to D.C. That's, that's what that's, I was driving. I, that's how I know you learned from that previous experience is that you was driving from Atlanta to D.C. And the crazy thing. You, you felt like we, you had to do I that. That was, I was uncultured, so I didn't know how much flights costed. Like, I was just... Cost it, so yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm unconscious. <laughs> I didn't know the price of the flights, so it's cool. I, I can't believe I said cost it. It's cool, but all right. So I was I was going up there every month. Like I would come, I would go up there, then she would come down here, and vice versa, vice versa. Then there was a stretch where we didn't see each other for like two months, and then the next time we seen each other, it was like a group, like a whole outing. And it went downhill from there. So then I was like, all right, now is how I carry myself in public and on platforms. So going into the third one, I was like, everything was straight, but it just, I did everything right this time. And then there was just no end goal. She wasn't moving over here. I wasn't moving there. Cool. And now... And then the last time, we we didn't. It was my fault because we didn't talk on the phone enough, honestly. But also, don't necessarily hold yourself accountable for that. I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna necessarily say accountable. Not necessarily. You just said it was. You just said it was well, your fault. Though. That's, I think that's it was. Why I responded that way. Well, I think okay. It was. It was more than that. It was the last one. It was. It was a re- real communication, and we didn't see each other at all. We seen each other like twice. So it's like that's why that didn't work. So there's this there's this um I took a lot of psychology courses for my minor in college, and there's this theory uh of human behavior called an internal working model, which is basically your current and past experiences <clears throat> your current and past experiences affect your behavior, which affect your current and past experiences. So it's a never like it's a circle. Yeah. Uh, and so to just to that to that point um you know you experience things and you make adjustments on a continual basis and the reason people in situations like that where it feels like you're chasing your tail like it, it's like oh i can never get this shit right is because you keep trying to fit your internal working model around somebody else right Instead of just being back to the point we were talking about earlier, instead of just being who the fuck you are and allowing, you know, your current and past experiences to dictate your behavior in a way that's more true to your identity as to who you really are. And then allowing the person you're supposed to be with to just naturally come into your life. You try to fit your ring around these other people. Um and back to Adam, like to Adam's previous point about feeling comfortable in situations that, you know, other people aren't comfortable in. It's just so like you, you think about how um, 
you think about how like the the reason that like for paranoia and for like fear in certain situations is a lack of understanding like yep. to, that, so like that trauma that you went through that experience that you went through where you can tie it into both the trauma shit and the relationship shit is I've been here before like I'm comfortable with this I know how to maneuver in this somebody else who hasn't been in there before been in that situation before is like I don't know how to handle this and even if you look at somebody who in a relationship before has been fucked up like they just emotionally abused or whatever the case may be they may panic when somebody starts treating them right they're like yo I don't know I'm I'm not used to this yeah. like it's it's got to be a catch to this like there's there's no way he can really like me and fuck with me like that if like uh, I've had so, this conversation something with something going on right I Dude, I've, I've with been a, there with, with a, people with a, yeah, with a female friend of mine, and she was just like, I can't get out of my own head that this guy is really treating me good, but my ex-boyfriend was treating me good. Meanwhile, he was dogging me out behind my back. like He was cheating on me and so on and so forth, and she just got in her own way to the point where the dude that was actually treating her right decided to walk away from it. And she knew, and she, she took full accountability for it. She was like, I know that was my own fault, but I feel like that was something I had to go through in order to really understand it. Like you can't, and when you get in relationships, obviously like your experiences and shit from your past relationships kind of dictate your behavior in your current one. But everybody has their baggage they bring into it, but holding holding your current significant other responsible for the mistakes of your previous significant other is an easy way for shit to go left. Dealing with a heart that you didn't break. Exactly, but it's also tough to get out of that, you know. And and I think to take that that comfort even further, like there's people who who stay in relationships, that, boy. yeah, that that aren't great for them, but but they're comf- They're I don't want to say comfortable, but they're familiar with that situation, so they know how to move through that now, right? Like there's somebody who you who you don't feel like you should be with anymore, but you you feel. Like I said, comfortable is not the right word, but like I said, your fear of being alone outweighs the fact that you know that you shouldn't be in that situation. Yeah, and that situation just feels like, all right, like I've done this, I can continue doing it, like, but but it's there's better out there, you know. There's, and it's it's that shit is tough, dude. Like, like it's it. This shit is tough. Like it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to process, man. It's really difficult to to process and understand it. And then it's even more difficult once you process and understand it to then act on it. Because there's been plenty of times, and I'm sure a lot of people's lives, where you know something's the right move, but there's always that. There's always something there that's like, what if it's way. not? Yeah. When all the signs are like, this is what you need to do, but something is like, uh-huh, hold on, what if? Yeah, and, then that, it, and then, that, and then, and then you catch. end up hurting yourself more. People feel like it's a catch, like it's too, it's too good to be true. And it's okay. Like the the tough part about that is like when you come from bullshit and you get like something that's good for you, you feel like it's too good to be true, right? And that prevents that you that yeah, that prevents you from taking advantage of a not necessarily taking advantage. Maybe that's a poor choice of words, but capitalizing on a good situation. And then on the very opposite end of it. You know, you got to live in live in the truth of, you know, I've been in a situation that felt too good to be true and it was too good to be true. Yeah. So it's 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 tough. Yeah, it's tough like, for me personally speaking, like I 
I've always had this this complex where it's hard for me to believe that people truly have my best interests at heart. Yes. That there's not some other motive behind like it could be anything. Like there's not some other motive behind I have a stuff. very good point. I have a very good point to this, but finish your story. No, go ahead, go ahead. I want to hear what you said. I mean, it's, it's no because it wasn't a real story. It was just like I was just sharing it. Like that's a, that's a weakness of mine, and and it's it's caused me to second guess certain friendships. It's caused me to second guess certain relationships I've had with people, due to no fault of their own, due to just me being this way. And there's a, there's a few people in my life who I haven't felt that way about, or have or I you know I've grown out of that with. And now it's like, yo, like it's like you stuck with me, you know, you know, getting rid of me, motherfucker. Like, I feel because I feel, I feel so comfortable around those people for good reasons, that it's like, listen, like whatever it is, I got to do to for us to be, you know, whatever is, that's what I'm gonna do. What, what so I went. Your to, I went to in my the the stuff that I'm trying to do with my player development stuff and the and so my my other career path, I guess you want to call it. Um, I went to this Women of the NFL conference. Um, and so what it is, it's by the, it's sponsored by the NFL and it's women, uh, whether they're in positions with professional teams or whether they're, you got wives of current players, ex-wives of players and so on and so forth. And there's different, there's different, um, what's the word? There's different forums where they speak to different aspects of being a woman associated with the NFL. And so there was this lady that was a sports psychologist, and I forget her name. Forgive me if you hear this. I'm thinking about you. <laughs> you, you, you. She, she really, no, she, she blessed me with some knowledge though, where I, I never really thought about it. So, she went on to talk about how, like, we, I just pulled her to a side conversation, and one of the things that she noticed about me is she said, you know, why, like, what? She asked that she intimidate me. And I said, no, you don't intimidate me. Why would you like? Why would you think you intimidate me? She said, I just see you like you not really making eye eye contact with me. And I said, oh, I've always I've always struggled with eye contact, um, especially with like people I'm not familiar with. I guess like in a way, like I'm shy, like I'm fake shy, like I'm not a shy person. Like I'll talk to I'll talk to you, but I'm not going to ex- extend myself to talk to you. Um, and so I guess that's just that's just part of that. Um, and she got the we got the kind of unpacking it she basically gave me a, a session without me signing up for a session that's fine um and so we said it we said it we sat in this restaurant and talked for maybe two hours and she as we unpacked the whole why are you fake shot type shit she was like so when you think of like black men specifically because that's the that's she was like i'm speaking to the knowledge that i have and speaking to the situation specifically when you look at black men and when you look at athletes and then when you combine the two so like when you grew up as a kid a big part of growing up as a kid especially in a black community was if you grew up raised by women and you were emotional they would tell you you had like you had to be strong like you had to detach yourself from the emotion right yeah we talk about that a lot Right. So you had you had to detach yourself from the emotion. And then she was like, when you combine that with the fact that, like, if you look at athletes and you think about the, you know, you, people, people, people talk about it like it's just it's just camaraderie. It's part of being in a locker room. But you talk a lot of shit and a lot of it, like even if you're giving somebody you giving somebody compliment, like a compliment, that's a, like nine times out of ten, it's, a, it's to set up a joke. It's a backhanded compliment. Yeah. It was like, man, like, oh, damn, you got to fit off old ugly ass boy. You know, some shit like that. Yeah. So 
you get into that pattern of behavior and in like in a and when you look at it from a day-to-day standpoint when you present in it you don't see no issue with that just because like yo this is just how shit is you know what i'm saying and everybody around you is of that same mentality Every, for the most part. exactly so y'all y'all sitting there now i don't want to say crabs in a bucket but from a from a ability to grow mentally standpoint you just spin your wheels and yeah. so when you co- combine that with the fact that when you look at the amount of athletes that come from single parent homes where that whole reinforcement of you got to be tough like you can't you can't be you can't be emotional you can't be you can't be too emotionally expressive or anything like that when you combine those two things you create this you create this monster of one I don't know how to like if I got a blessing I don't know how to receive my blessing because I've been in this tying in the internal working model my internal working model is set up to perceive good things and to expect something bad to immediately mm-hmm. follow yep and now because I've grown up in this environment that has detached me from my emotional self I don't know how to feel like how to really express how I feel about this good thing. So now not only am I, I have this inadvertent wall set up from always getting jokes and just, just being in that environment. I don't know how to be emotionally expressive enough to tear it down. So you stuck now. Exactly. Now you, so you, you stuck, you stuck in this, she called it a, like you, you stuck in a prism of a prison of your own thought. And it's not necessarily anybody's fault, but the only way to really get past it is to become cognizant of it and to take conscious effort into kind of breaking that wall down and to allowing yourself to be emotionally available. What she specialized in, uh, so she did, she's a a sports psychiatrist. So what she specialized in is like, um, she calls it identity crisis. So when you think of like players who go through major injuries and shit like that, their transition back to getting back on the field is just as much mental, if not more mental than it is physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, so I specialize, I specialize in, 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 in that and helping mentally rebuild the athlete. Um, also into, she works with, uh, a lot with incoming players, like uh, rookies, first and second year players. Um, in terms of mentally trans- helping them transition into basically the the um, the mental strain that re- that's required to to take on to be a professional athlete, and she works with people who are transitioning away from the from from the NFL as well. And she taught me a lot, bro. In like two hours, she she really read me for filth. If you wanna, if you wanna, <laughs> drug yo, snatch yeah, you. She, that's what those, yeah, that's what those sessions are for. Yeah. yeah, she really, she, but she really did though, and it was, and it was in a sense where you know, it was like, damn, I didn't even, I ain't put like I didn't put two and two together like that. Like I never, I never really thought about it like that. And it's, it um, and then she ended it like on some funny shit. Like she was like, and I could be completely wrong. But. <laughs> it's you know that's it's very interesting that you that you tell that story because, like for me, I had a. Not not that in depth of a moment, but like I had a moment in high school. It was my senior year in high school. I, I'll never forget it. We had a uh, we had a retreat, and and just as a quick little backstory, 
you know, I, I grew up in Philly, and my mom didn't want me going to the neighborhood high school. So she sent me to high school with a bunch of white people. Sent me way out into the suburbs. Had to walk far shit after catching the city bus to get to school every day. That shit was trash. Um, but so in my high school, there was in my graduating class, there were six minorities out of a, out of a few hundred people. Uh, and so I went in there with the mentality of like, oh, fuck these white people. Like that's what that's just what I'm on. Like fuck them. Like they don't know nothing about me. And and thinking about what you were talking about, I'm sure they viewed me in that mindset of like, like yo, like just I detached, emotionally, just like yeah, just a wild dude, like whatever. And I remember, I went to I went to a Catholic high school, and so uh, they had the senior retreat every year, and it was like yo, when like everybody signs up, when do you want to go? And I was like, man, I'm going at the last one. Like, I don't want to, like, I was just trying to push it off because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And uh, I remember I get there and they don't tell you what it's about. No one's allowed to talk about it. Um, but it's just a very emotionally connected retreat. And, and there's a portion of the retreat where it's like late at night. They grab you. They break you into small groups of like five or six and they sit you around. And you just sit around and they're like, all right, talk. Like, t- talk about yourself. Who are you? Right. Like, tell us about yourself. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, somebody goes, and, and, and these kids, are, and, and, like, we're all kids. Like, we're 17, 18 years old. They're telling these stories about their life. And, I'm and like, as, as I hear people do it, I'm like, all right, fuck it. Like, I could go. And, uh, you know, one of, I, I, I was, it was my turn to go. And I ended up talking the longest, interestingly enough. Um, Running and, your fucking mouth. You know how I do. And uh, we got to talking. And one of the things I mentioned was like, you know, like in the environment I grew up in, like I was never, like I'm an emotional person. I was never allowed to show that. Um, especially me usually being the biggest person around. Like I'm supposed to just not, I'm just not supposed to have emotions. Like that's just, mm-hmm. that's just how it feels. Like, And even like from a parenting standpoint, like my, my mother is someone who is not very, she doesn't display her emotions often. She's of that same mindset. Um, and and for me as someone who's who is attached to my emotions, that was always difficult for me, and I didn't realize it until I got older. Um, and kind of in that moment, I just kind of was like, "Fuck it," and just let loose. And I talked for like an hour, and like all these people just intently listening to me, like and and I got like so much shit off my chest right there. Like it felt like eighteen years of just baggage. What you're saying? Wait off, wait off. Yeah. That I was just like, I was able to sit down for a minute, and it didn't, it didn't change anything that was happening. Like it didn't change none of the stuff that was going on. But like that was the first instance where I was like, oh shit! Like, thought like this talking about shit like it's good. Like expressing yourself is like that shit's okay. And it's like, and 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 from there it took me some time to get to a point where, you know, like I I grew more comfortable with it and continue growing more comfortable with it. But it took me to a point where I really started to understand myself. You know, at that point, I didn't, but it, it took me a while to really understand who I was and what, what my triggers were, what made me feel certain ways. Um, and it's like, you feel so much better when you're in that place. It's it's ridiculous, but a lot of us are, are, are in that mindset or come from that mindset where it's just like, nah, like, emotion is weakness. Right. I didn't know. Um, I, I had a similar moment like that, too. I went to uh, culinary art school, right? Mm-hmm. So, culinary art school, 
I I don't know what kind of kind of school you consider that, but culinary art school. Like, smuggling <laughs> Like school of art, <laughs> culinary variety. Yeah. Hi, right. but it's um. So at the school, it's like all these people, right? And my class is like 30, 40 people. And I go into it expecting people my age, 17, 18, or whatever. There's only one guy in this class that's like my age, 18. I was 18 at the time. It's only one guy. Me and him are cool because we're the only black 18-year-olds. And then you see the rest. There's a white guy that's 18, another mm-hmm. white guy that's like 40. It's an older white German lady. And after like the third week, you get cool with these people. So we end up going to uh, Mellow Mushroom on like a Friday night after class one night. Fire pizza, by the way. Yeah. We all sitting in this room just talking and shit. I think we did like a secret Santa. I think that's why we was there. It was some, it was either that or somebody's birthday. But everybody from the class went. And you start getting to know these people. And that's when I like... I was probably insecure, probably like my whole childhood, just because of my size. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably still insecure because of my size. But that that was like the first time I actually didn't feel insecure, like talking to people that I didn't really know and getting to know strangers and shit like that. And it was like the weirdest shit. And I didn't know I could do nothing like that. And from when that... You can... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm saying from that point on... That was when I learned not to, I didn't really care what people thought to a certain extent, you know? Like, yeah, you care what people think, but like when somebody come to you with an opinion on how you should be doing something or, or just how you look, when somebody come to me with it, like a suggestion or their opinion, I kind of just shove it to the side because I don't care. But I don't, I think I care about the people who opinion I want it from, I guess. Which makes sense. Yeah. There's a there's a certain sort of like emotional safety, like feeling in a place that's where you can like you feel like you're emotionally safe is a way better feeling than feeling like physically safe in comparison. Like when you compare the two, obviously you want to be physically safe. I'm not saying pick one over the other. But when you look at like the greatest sense of like relief is when you feel emotionally like stable yeah because they're there when you even when you look at celebrities who in worst case scenarios who end up taking their whole their own lives they got everything going for them everybody like, from the from the outside looking in everybody's like oh i never saw this coming i can't believe this happened they they so much money they were living such a good life that's a person who is not emotionally stable is what got them to that point right Damn, emotional safety is so so important, bro. Emotional yeah, I mean, and mental stability is because like a, you can feel emotionally unsafe in any situation. Like you're you don't feel safe within yourself. Right. It's, it's really what that is. And to not feel safe within yourself is a very crippling feeling. Like to not feel like to not feel good about like where you are or whatever the case is, like that's just not like if you don't feel safe in a in a physical location, more times than not, you can move. 
Right. You, you can't get out of your own head. Like, that's very, very difficult to do. Right. I, the only time I... That's the only, like... I want to say... Culinary art school just made me numb to... Uh, it made me numb to being optimistic. Not, not, not necessarily optimistic. But it just... I'm not very open as... It's, uh, I'm trying to explain that shit. You struggle with the same shit a lot of black men struggle with, bro. Yeah. You same you struggle with the same shit I struggle with. with the, the yeah. Adam has expressed before the same exact thing that you that you saying right now. So it's not what you what you talking about is not is not uncommon by any yeah. means. It's crazy though. But that's just that's life, bro. That's it's the it's the trauma. But I guess that's the name of the episode. Yeah, we didn't talk about none of the funny shit I thought we was going to talk about. <laughs> Yo, I literally tweeted like five minutes ago, like, man, this 100 episode is way different than I yeah, thought it was going to go. This ain't how I imagine. I, I, listen, when I, uh, before you got on the call, Trey, I was telling Adam, man, this is going to be a fun episode. I'm over here about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, let, them, let them tears flow, brother. It's All just right. that, nah. <laughs> Yeah. Man, that was, oh man, but I would I will say, in the last maybe four or five years is the most comfortable and confident I have been. Like before, I was like more. Before just, you met us, go ahead say it. Uh, I didn't give y'all that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I mean. Like before, I, I say that, but before I started like hanging out with everybody, hanging out with y'all, it was like my eyes wasn't all, always looking forward. I was always content with what I had, and now I just want more out of life. I want to do more, but I I didn't know people could have that effect on you until you see them doing it, and then it gets it's like a contagious feeling, and. That's how I am with my job and stuff now because I want more. Right. It's just there's more possibilities. There's more money. There's just so much more. Mm-hmm. Like I told one of my friends, Ina. Shout out to Ina. I told her I wanted to uh, get an IT, and she gave me all the tools I needed to get an IT. Like, and she said it's not for everybody. But if you want, if you have interest in it, here's what you need to know. Here's the fundamental class and all that. Try it out. It's already, it's already here. Just try it out. If you don't like it, that's fine. But there's so many people I know like that that'll give me like these things to, these tools, I guess, to do more. And I don't have to feel like I'm content with anything. No. Nah. The right people in your life are changing a lot. Yeah. And to your point, sometimes those tools are just. It, sometimes those tools may not be something tangible. It might just be motivation. Yeah, it's just you don't have to. I'm not going to say you don't have you. You have a choice, but I guess you do. Like if you want more, do more. I take. Like, I've been taking that sure. approach with like my gym, like the way I go to the gym, the way I've been going to the gym the last two years. Because I know when I'm serious about something, I'll lock in and do it. That's the only reason I know I can do certain shit like, 
like I talk to Trey all the time about just diet, dieting and stuff like that. But I also challenge myself, my discipline, just to see like if I really want to do it, I'm gonna do it. So that's how I'm approaching this job stuff and this career shit. Like, don't like let me ask for it. Don't just be generous with it. Cause if I want it, I know I want it. Like I ain't gonna bullshit if I gotta go out my way and ask. I uh I tweeted the other day. I was like, man, my friend's dope as fuck. And like you gonna if you're around me, you're gonna hear about how dope they are. And for me, like that, like seeing the people in my circle do good things motivates me to wanna keep doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like hearing about, you know, y'all doing some dope shit or whoever doing some dope shit is like, all right, should I wanna do some dope shit? Let me let me get on my shit a little bit. You know what I'm right. saying? Like and I, I think it's important to have uh, to have those type of people in your life, who are, who, and, and it doesn't. It's not always like financial or anything like that. It's whatever it might be, that make you want to continue to be a better person, in whatever avenue that might be. That's it. Right up. All right. Well, I guess that's that. That's the deal. Bro, I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about, nah, man. That's it. Shit, we can't, we can't beat that. Um, that was that was really episode 100. I, we had a hard to hard on this motherfucker. It's a good one, bro. Yeah. Good, Shit, I'm good to, I can't believe Leo, to, Leo chose to miss this one. Man, yeah, Leo would have enjoyed this one. He would have cried. <laughs> he would have cried. <laughs> you love you love talking about crying, nigga. Listen, I cried a lot. Get some tears off, King. Hey, man. I've been crying, crying. Ain't nothing wrong with that, bro. Ain't nothing, nothing hey, wrong with that. Hey, man. A good cry make you feel better, yo. For real, for real. I, you got I, some shit pent up. You let you let a few of them tears run through. You got to get the ugly, the ugly cry off your uh-huh. chest. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 yeah, that cry that niggas could look at you 10 minutes later and be like, that nigga would just cry. I had a... The last ugly cries when my grandma passed in December, I had like a, I didn't know I could still cry like that. It was like a real ugly cry. And these these recent cries been decent cries, but they ain't been the cry I need. You know what I mean? My little I, homie got, my little homie got shot uh, like a year or so ago when I, and so like when it first happened, I was like, I was sad. I was like, damn. But it didn't, like I, I'd never, I, I, I've never, I've never been like an emotionally expressive type. So when it happened, I was like, damn, like, you know, that's tough. And it hurt me, but like four days later, bro, something, something happened at work. And then something happened with my, like my mom that said something that kind of, we had gotten to it. And then me and my girl at the time, they got into it. And when everything hit the fan, boy, that's you talking about an ugly one. I let an ugly one go. Snot, <laughs> all that. <laughs> all that, nigga that. Ruined, that nigga ruined a good t-shirt. Oh yeah, I had to throw that shirt out the window. <laughs> I, I I specifically remember, bro. I was living in St. Petersburg, Florida. Broke down in my living room, was sweating. I called my mama and said, "Yo, my crying. Oh, come on." <laughs> I went home for like I went home for like two weeks, bro. I ain't mad at so, I use uh much of my job will give me you get um you get like these mental um I figure what they call them. Like basically days for like mental health days. You get mental health days 
uh, so many mental health days a year. I use all them shits right then. I need all ten of these right now. <laughs> I need each and every one. Yeah. I took a I took a day. I took like two days last month. May was a long ass month. I've taken a few through my time, bro. It's been a, it has been a, a long year, bro. She had been trying. It has been, it's, it has been a it has been a long year. Like it, we say that though. Like I, I I I don't. I'm not saying that to dismiss all the like the fun and good times that I've had this year. But it's been some. It's been some some tough some tough stretches. It's sure. like I have though. We're gonna make it count. That's man. why I'm glad I got friends. I'm glad I got I got I'm glad I got my group of friends. Cause boy, it'd be rough. For sure. We finna we finna set this second half of the year off with yeah, a bang, I'm man. Not. I go on vacation on Sunday. I am ready to do it. There you go. Yeah. Appreciate y'all having me back, man. It's felt so good to sit here and rap with y'all for a little bit. Yeah, and you know, we only get to talk to you once every three months, once a quarter. Yeah. I, 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 I buy in, you will meet in, or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> or just don't hit the group chat after this. All right, how about that? <laughs> I'm not... I appreciate y'all, boys, man. Yes, sir. And I'll look for we got another hundred to do. We'll be here. We'll be All here. Right, man, got, a, got a whole other podcast. There you go. Blessings. Blessings. Yeah, this is great. Anything? Right. Um, we ain't got no ass cannons for the episode 100. We'll save it for 101. Well, That's it. Yeah. Uh, Trey, anything before you go? To the listeners? Uh, I, got no- I got nothing, man. I missed y'all. Missed y'all. Missed, uh, missed getting on here and talking shit. Uh, Leo? I mean, Leo gone. <laughs> Adam? Oh, you know, this is Leo. Uh, my bad, I missed this episode. I'll be back <laughs> next month, hopefully, man. We'll, we'll see. I'm a little high right now. How about you, Adam? Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a good night. This nigga. <laughs> All right, y'all. We out. And in regards to, to building Bravo Store, man, I've heard some, some beautiful things uh, that's happening in there. And, and it, honestly, it really, it really uh, improved my week like, so, so, so much. Like the fact that I heard people piecing it up in the name of our podcast. And just enjoying, you know, us being clowns. Like everybody has a struggle. Everybody struggle not the same. But everyone's struggle is still a struggle. We can all identify with the struggle. And and for y'all to put y'all 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 burdens aside and to to be able to piece it up for a little bit. Just just you know, enjoy your stuff on behalf of us. That's that's something amazing. That's a gift. So I I want I want really shut that down and um, anybody else who who benefits from. Well, Without not, I mean.